on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Dominic Catronio. Oh, it was a great opportunity for a bounce back, maybe a steal-type win for the Brew Crew, but instead they fall 2-1 to one to the Dodgers, the first-place team in the land, the best team in baseball. And well, I'll tell you what, the Brewers gave just about everything they had at those Dodgers. They fall 2-1. to one. Tony Gonsolin, man, had himself an afternoon. Eric Lauer pitched very, very well. And I'll tell you what, that line for Eric Lauer if you do that against most other teams in Major League Baseball, you're going to win more games than you lose. And Eric Lauer gets a tough luck loss in this 2-1 defeat to the Dodgers. So the final uh, numbers in this one, the Dodgers get two runs on just six hits, no errors, and they left a total of four runners on base. As for the Brewers, they get one run on four hits, also no errors, and they left six runners on base. The winner is Gonsolin. He's got 15 wins now. 15! Lauer gets the loss. That's his fifth loss. He's 8-5. and five. And Craig Kimbrell got shaky there in the ninth, but gets his 21st save of the year, avenging himself from last night. We're going to get the highlights a little bit later. We're going to get to Craig Council's comments post game as well. Vinny Rotino will be joining us shortly, too. And don't forget to get your your calls and your texts lined up on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. Again, that's 855-616-1620. You can talk or text right here and we will get you involved on the show overall i see a lot of sentiment on social media and just from walking around the ballpark of oh they needed to get a bat they needed to get you know they needed to get more bat well that's in the past and you can sit here and complain about getting a bat sure i i get it you're frustrated but at the same time i don't think any bat was going to make a difference tonight against tony gonsolin that is one of the best splitters i've seen in a long time gonsolin again we mentioned uh, he gets the win his final line reads seven innings Two hits, no runs, one walk, eight strikeouts. On just 95 pitches, 67 strikes. They weren't going to push him into the eighth or to the ninth. They didn't need to. And, look, there are 17 games up in their division. 81 wins already, and we're only in August. They're on pace to surpass 100 wins. They are the preseason World Series favorites. This is what they're supposed to do, winning these close games against quality opponents. This is what the Dodgers do. The Brewers gave it every opportunity they had. They had runners on base late. They tried to get it going, but, again, it rears its ugly head of a team that relies on the home run ball, isn't able to get sustainable offense. And I've paraded it a lot on Twitter, saying, man, whenever they're getting sustainable offense, when they're getting doubles, when you're getting walks, when you're getting base hits, that's when you're most excited about this offense because you know that's how they were built. The home runs have been a bonus. Having three guys over 20 homers right now, in my opinion, is a bonus. You weren't planning on having that many guys at this point in the year. And plus, Willie's missed time on the IL. Renfro's missed time on the IL. And those are two of those guys part of the trio with Rowdy Telez. The fact that they have those three guys doing it, that's great. But the rest of the power hasn't quite been there the rest of the order here in August. And obviously since uh, the trade, as we've talked about ad nauseum here on the program for the last couple of weeks. So the Brewers, again, fall 2-1 to one here. It was a great game. It really was a great game. If you take off the glasses of saying, oh, they should have won that game. But if you sit back and say, man, you know what? 30,000 people rocking on dollar dog night. That was a fun environment. It felt as close to the playoffs as you could get. And uh, I want to get to the text line here as a few more texts are rolling in here. Doug is reaching out. And it is too late 
in the season to grade a win. Just win. I agree with that. It's done. Like last night, a little gambling by Hunter Renfro paid off big. Now it's time to try to keep it going. Well, the way I look at it, for that was from the pregame. And, Doug, you're absolutely right pregame of saying, just win. If you win, everything else takes care of itself. And now... The Cardinals already won earlier tonight. They beat the Rockies 5-1. to one. So as things stand right now, the Brewers are three games back in the Central. We'll have a little more a deeper dive into the scoreboard later as well. But the Padres beat up on the Marlins earlier this afternoon. But the Phillies did get blanked by the Reds of all teams. So it does happen. So again, you're three games back in the Central Division right now. But when you look at the wild card, they're two games back of San Diego now for that third spot. But it's essentially... Three games back, because as we will remind you for the rest of the season, the Brewers do not have the tiebreaker head-to-head over the Padres. San Diego won that season series. So keep that in mind as you're moving forward. The wild card right now has Atlanta six and a half games clear for the top spot. Philly is a half game up on San Diego. And then San Diego is two, essentially three games up on the Milwaukee Brewers. So... 2-1, to one, the final tonight. The Brewers fall. We'll get some more calls and texts here in just a little bit. Vinny Rotino will be joining us on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. The Brewers fall, but we got plenty more to talk about. There are some positives. There are some silver linings to get to. And don't forget, 855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll be back in just a moment on 620 WTMJ. Style of their schedule as Turner hits one towards the middle. Back hit it by Wong. Flip to Adamas. There's one jump throw to first. Two double play. Put a star on that one. You'll see that time and time again for the rest of the season. We've seen some great defense the last couple of nights by the Brew Crew. They fall tonight 2-1, to one, but that double play with Colton Wong moving up the middle to his right. Backhanded shovel flip and the jump throw by Willie Mann. What a play. That was fun. More on that coming up a little bit later. Right now, uh, we are pleased to be joined by the big leaguer, the Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst, and my former co-host on the podcast, Vinny Rotino. Vinny, uh, this is fun to have you here on Brewers Extra Innings, man. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, great. No, thanks for having me on, obviously, Dom. Um, yeah, we're, we go way back. I mean, we've been working together for a while now, so pleasure to be on for sure. So... I think the way that we look at this thing, we also got a few callers and texts to get to here in a little bit that we'll get to in this segment. Once again, 855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage talk and text line. Vinny, look, the Dodgers are really, really good. They're a complete team. And it doesn't matter if they're facing a lefty. It doesn't matter if they're facing a righty. doesn't matter if they're facing Jacob deGrom. This is what good teams do. They grind out these games. And even with only six hits, they still find a way to win. That's that's just an elite team, right? Yeah, I mean, Dom, just just to give you a little sense of how good they are and how good they've been, since June 29th, they've played 43 games, 36 wins, okay? So that's like a ridiculous record. They've outscored their opponents by 126 runs in that small time frame, okay? So, I mean, they are absolutely – not only are they playing well, they're dominating their opponents. So um, – there's a silver lining to these last three games. The Brewers are competing with this team, this ungodly good team. Right now the Brewers are actually competing with and they've had a chance to win all three of these games. The one thing I'll say about the Brewers' offense, just in general, okay, so I heard on the broadcast that Tony Gonsolin set a, uh, a season high in strikeouts tonight. The Brewers have 
allowed the opposing starting pitcher to achieve a season high in strikeouts a bunch of times this year. Um, Pablo Lopez, Mackenzie Gore, Jose Quintana, Trevor Rogers, Jordan Montgomery, Mitch Keller. That's half the list. All these guys achieve that highest strikeout total for the season for themselves against the Brewers. So that that is one thing that I think us as Brewer fans kind of, yes, they're relying on the home run, but I think it's really just the, the uncompetitive at-bats at times. Yes, Tony Gonsolin was unbelievable tonight. You just wish that they would just kind of grind out a few of those strikeouts and just put the ball in play because those – those balls in play end up as hits a lot of times. And so I think that is where we kind of get caught up in the fact that they're not, uh, you know, they're so reliant on the home run and they can't grind out at, at bats. That's the one thing I think we all wish they could kind of change. Yeah, when it comes to strikeouts, they're actually fifth worst in the National League as far as the most total of strikeouts. And the teams that are actually worse than them, they're all below 500 except for one team, the Atlanta yeah. Braves. The Atlanta Braves have the most strikeouts in baseball, and they make it work because they have more power and more production up and down this order, whereas the Brewers, it is very top-heavy with their production, to your point, about the offense trying to get things going at that. I do want to get to a caller that's been waiting patiently. Uh, Dick from Port Washington, you are on Brewers Extra Innings. Yeah, um, the only good thing that happened today was the NBA dropped the schedule. You know, I, I think after tomorrow... We're going to have one more week of this fantasy that, that we're, we're going to be in this thing. We're going to lose tomorrow. We're going to lose two out of three in Chicago. Then you and then you got the Dodgers and lose all three there. And if I'm wrong, we've got the Mets and the Yankees coming up. I mean, the Dodgers sat their MVP within the last five years. He didn't even play the last two games. Our guy is the most expensive leadoff hitter in baseball. We don't have hitting. <clears throat> I think the trade for Hader is going to prove to be right. Here's what the, the triumvirate thought. <clears throat> I'm talking Athanasio, um, Stearns, and, and uh, the manager. We, we, we don't have it this year. We, the only chance we're going to have is to have pitching. Okay? There's no way in heck we would win the, the uh, uh, hearing next year with, with Hader. We're going to be out that money. And the following year, we can't afford it. So the guy we got back, you're going to lose that salary. What you need to do is to sign the pitchers that are going to carry us to the to the, the next level. We're also going to be in contention with good pitching, just like we are now. Somehow they're going to have to figure out and get get some hitting. But this is a fantasy world. This It's over. It's over. I'm sorry. It's over. Uh, I mean, I, I get the frustration of playing a really good team. I appreciate the thoughts there, Dick. Thanks for joining the program. In my opinion, it's far from over because, Vinny, you can agree with me or disagree here, but I just think back to last September 5th, the Cardinals here against the Brewers trying for their last gasp in a series weekend against the Brew Crew, and what do they do? They stab them in the heart with a walk-off pinch-hit grand slam by Daniel Vogelback. We were walking away from the ballpark that night thinking, the Cardinals are done. They're toast. There's no way they come back from this. And then they rattle off 17 in a row. I'm not saying the Brewers are going to win 17 in a row. But there's a literal example of it happening a year ago. What do you say, Vinny? Yeah, so I, I think, and look, I think Dick is, I don't think he's right. I, 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 I disagree with him that they're toast. But I do understand the sentiment that, you know, he's frustrated. He thinks that there's no chance in heck, as he said, as they're going to make the playoffs. So I, I totally get where he's at. Look, every single win from here on out, every single game from here on out is the utmost important game that they're going to play this season. 
Uh, I mean, it, it, every every single game seems like a must win just because you are chasing the Padres, who are a stacked team, and then you are chasing the Cardinals, who seem to have that Cardinal magic going right now. However, they do play the Cubs next. They do play L.A. for three more in L.A. But like I said, they're competing against this L.A. team. They are competing against this Dodger team because of their starting pitching is so good, the Brewers' starting pitching. They then play the Cubs and the Pirates. The Cubs and the Pirates are as bad as it, as it gets. Now, Look, they are playing with a sense of urgency now, the Brewers are, and I think they're going to take care of business against those teams. Earlier on in the season, I, I just I, I don't know how much of, uh, of a sense of urgency that this team had or seemed to have against some of those clubs that they kind of played down to their level. They then play the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Reds again, and then all the way at the middle of September, then that's when the Yankees and the Mets come into town. Let's see where they're at at that point. But, yes, every single win, every single game is a matter of, you know, they have it's a must win at this point so let's see what happens tomorrow and then we can reevaluate if they win tomorrow you know i think we're all going to be singing a a different tune yeah and to dick's point about oh their mvp hasn't played the last two nights well that's cody bellinger who's referring to and well cody bellinger over his last 200 games is hitting 188 and an ops of 607 so i'm going to take christian yelich over that right now yes he's not the same 2019 christian yelich but give me Christian Yelich of what he's doing at the top of the order. He had an RBI single tonight. Uh, I think that was uh, just not the right thought of that. And then finally, too, Corbin Burns is pitching tomorrow. Why is it automatically lost? Because Corbin Burns is pitching tomorrow. Right. He's going to actually get two cracks against these Dodgers. He'll go tomorrow, and he'll likely go on Tuesday if it falls on his day next week in Los Angeles. That's, that's two great chances to win against L.A. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's pitching. I mean, they got Andrew Haney going, right? I mean... And so it's definitely an opportunity to even the series. And that's really all you have to do. Again, the Brewers are in the position that they're in right now because they're playing just over 500 against teams like the Cubs, like the Pirates, like the Reds. Last year, Dom, check me on this, but they were way over, you know, 20, 30 games over 500 against those teams. That's where they're losing. Like, they're actually a little bit above 500 against the really good teams, the playoff contending teams. So it's it's a matter of they absolutely have to dominate against the teams that they, they should, and they really do have a chance to sneak in. And then once they sneak in, look, we're seeing we're seeing this this team really play well and play up to the this Dodger team is so good. <laughs> I mean, let me just let me just go back to the um, the Max Muncy at bat. That was an eight-pitch at-bat. Eric Lauer knew he had to throw a strike. He throws a slider 3-2, and Max Muncy takes him deep. I mean, that's the kind of at-bats that they grind out up and down the lineup. And our pitching staff has stepped it up and really have done a great job against this team, this Dodgers team, who who is elite. I mean, they have just elite bats up and down the lineup with really good at-bats all day long. Yeah, they're a very good team, and they look like it right now. We've got a few more texts to get to coming up in the next segment. Again, 855-616-1620, or you can tweet me at Dom underscore Catronio. That's C-O-T. It'll probably pop up by then. Cotron E-O, that's how you spell it. We've got more to come. We've got Vinny Rutino for one more segment here as well. Brewers fall by a final of 2-1 to one tonight. More to talk about. Let's get some optimism rolling. Let's talk about some silver linings up next here on WTMJ 620. Now the pitch. Base hit to left. Around third, Tyrone Tanner. The throw's coming on, and they are not going to 
was a, a big hit to give him a chance. What a set by Jason Lane. We can talk about that, too. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We are joined by Vinny Rotino for another segment of Valley Sports Wisconsin. 855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, I want to get to that text line here from Doug saying that another good pitching performance was wasted. It's really catching up with them now. They have World Series pitching, which I absolutely agree with, but just average hitting, it's not going to work. Vinny, let's talk about silver linings and another good pitching performance. Yes, it was wasted, but it was really darn good pitching. Eric Lauer was really a whole new batter after he shook off those two walks early. What did you like from Eric Lauer's start tonight? So Eric Lauer does a really good job, obviously, of using that fastball up in the zone. I really liked how he didn't come out of his delivery most of the night. And, again, I think I really think every one of these guys stepped up against the Dodgers team, and Eric Lauer included. I know he's had a great year. He's had a bunch of quality, quality outings, quality starts all year long. But the fact that he was really executing his pitches, I like how he was adjusting to some of the right-handed hitters, throwing that slider to the back door, throwing the curveball to the back door. Um, again, I think that's a testament to Chris Hook and in, in in how he gets these guys prepared for each start and how they have to make adjustments from start to start. That's what was encouraging to me. Um, he was up to 90. Um, let me just look real quick. He was up to 96 with the fastball. Which again, that is, I mean, it's effortless. So, I mean, the guy really has that ability to change speeds, mix speeds, but also, you know, pump it up to 96 and keep guys off balance. Two mistakes. That's all he made. So, um, just a hat tip to him, hat tip to the Dodgers for, for scoring those two runs. He was really, really good, in my opinion. 105 pitches after going 11 innings last night, using all of your A bullpen. He took the ball and ran with it. He knew what his job was, and he's become, you know, I've talked about a lot uh, elsewhere to other folks here in the press box, too, that, yes, you can easily say, oh, Freddie Peralta's health is really important, or Corbin Burns continuing to be Corbin Burns is really important. In my opinion, it starts like these by Eric Lauer and by, quote-unquote, not a disparaging term, the secondary starters. I'm not saying they're bad pitchers. I'm just saying the guys that aren't, you know, considered part of the big three. Lowers had an elevated role this year because of injuries. He hasn't missed a start, mind you, and he has another seven-inning start. This is now the fifth time this year he's completed seven innings. That's got to be worth something in today's game. Absolutely. Again, yeah, I mean, the fact that he is, like, the number four for his pitching staff is quite ridiculous. I mean, it's a spoil. They're, they're spoiled, right? The ability to, to roll out Eric Lauer and to not miss a start um, and just keep teams off balance. And just really, I mean, at any given night, Eric Lauer can shut down a lineup. It's only when he kind of gets out of his delivery a little bit where, where he, teams start to hurt him. And that's only happened a couple of times this year. I mean, he, he has been absolutely tremendous. Um, you just go back to that trade that, he, that you know, the, the Zach Davies, the, uh, the Trent Grisham, Grisham deal. And, and again, it, the Brewers won that in spades. So, um, the ability for for Eric Lauer to be your number four starter is just uh, what a what a tremendous year he's been having, and he's en route now to probably pass his career high in innings pitched in a season. He threw just shy of 150 innings back in 2019 with the Padres. Tonight he passed his Brewer high. He threw 118 innings last season with the Crew, and now he's at 125. So he's well on his way to surpassing that career high, and he has been a massive part 
of the Brewers' success this year. That's one of the silver linings. Let's talk about, uh, I want to go down to where you and I have cut our teeth a lot in the minor leagues. We actually have a caller on the line who wants to talk a little bit about AAA and some of the good stuff that's happening down there in Nashville. Blake in Madison, what do you have to add about what's going on down there with the Sounds? Yeah, so I'm actually calling on my way back from the game tonight. Uh, I don't know if they talked about it too much, but it was dollar dog night. Uh, and I don't mm-hmm. know, I can't speak for the most of the fans but myself, but I think that was more of a draw than some of the position players were putting out on the field tonight. Uh, I mean, you just look at some of the numbers. You know, a lot of fans talk about the Brewers should have bought a bat at the deadline this year. But I think we've got a bunch of them in AAA, AA, who honestly I don't, I can't imagine them doing any worse than some of the players we got out there. I know Freelick had a four for four nights tonight. You couldn't tell me he couldn't do any better in the outfield than Tyrone Taylor. Uh, I don't know about Price Terang's numbers tonight, but I can't imagine he'd be doing any worse at third base either. I don't think it's a problem that we needed to buy a bat. I just think, you know, at this point in the season, why not take a gamble on some of the talent that's working their butts off down in AAA and call them up at this point in the season? Yeah, I appreciate the thought, and that's certainly something that comes on the radar here at the end of August, Vinny. Uh, Blake, appreciate your thoughts there, but let's look at Sal Freelick in, in particular. Uh, 440 average now in 13 games in AAA. Uh, he does not have a homer yet in AAA, but he has drawn eight walks. He's only struck out five times. His on-base is over 500. He had a few infield hits tonight using his speed. How big is that jump, though, for a guy that started the year in AA to then try to maybe be in the big leagues in only his second full season in the organization? How hard is that, Vinny? It's a big jump. I mean, they're in a must-win situation. They're in a playoff push. However... It could be a situation where a kid like this kind of jump starts the offense, kind of a little bit of a shot in the arm. So it can go both ways, but it is a big jump. They have four legitimate center fielders that can play at the big league level as soon as this year. I mean, you could argue this year, but certainly next year you have Garrett Mitchell, you have Sal Freilich, you have um, Joey Weimer, and you have um, Ruiz, the guy that just – Estuary Ruiz, who they just traded for. So, I mean, you have a lot of guys coming. You have the pitching. Um, you're going to be competitive for a while. I mean, all four of those guys could be currency to go ahead and get someone, or these guys could develop at the big league level next year and years to come. So um, the bats are coming. I think they are developing. And Sal Freelich, as the caller mentioned, is one of those guys. Uh, and he looks he looks really, really good. Is he ready? That's just to be – it just depends on the guy. Mario Feliciano looks like he belongs, looks like he's doing a great job behind the plate and having great at-bats. So um, it's it's not too big for him. I doubt it would be too big for Sal Freelick, but it is a big jump, as you mentioned, Dom. At least he is a college player. He has played in big games before, and he's somebody the Brewers used a first-round pick and a first overall pick for their organization on a couple of years ago. And Maybe he's the first guy up. Maybe Ruiz is up because he's already been on. He already is on the forty-man roster, which makes it a little easier for Ruiz to be added. Whereas Freelick would have to be placed onto the forty-man roster, which, as we've talked about, is very, very full right now. But a good question and a good uh, thought from Blake. But hey, man, that double play turn by Wong and Adamas—that's worth at least ten, twenty dogs there. Don't, don't cut, <laughs> don't, don't cut these guys short, man. That was a, an, a heck of a day, a really good baseball game. And you know what? Sometimes you lose really good baseball games. Yeah, without a doubt, that double play was probably the play of the year for me. I mean, maybe besides, I guess, Jonathan Davis's headfirst crash into the wall in center field against the Rays 
a couple of months ago, but that double play was absolutely tremendous. How about Colton Wong playing gold glove defense all of a sudden again? I mean, he's yeah. been playing gold glove defense now for the whole month of August. Um, outs above average, he's back to the top of the league for second baseman. Um, before that, the first three months of the season, he was absolutely the worst second baseman or towards, you know, might have been the worst or second or third worst in all of baseball for second baseman, which was totally uncharacteristic of him. It's good to see him back playing gold glove D. I agree. Well, Vinny, we'll let you go, get you some rest, and uh, more shows to come this weekend with going down to Chicago. That'll be a heck of a series coming up, but a first to Corbin Burns finale against these Dodgers tomorrow at 110 right here on 620 WTMJ. Vinny, thanks for the time. Get some rest, and we'll hear from you soon, man. Absolutely. We'll talk tomorrow. See you, Dom. All right. That's Vinny Rotino joining us here. Brewers Extra Innings rolls on. we got more of your texts rolling in. I will get to you guys here soon. Plenty more to get to here. Brewers Extra Innings continues right after this on 620 WTMJ. Lauer kicks, deals, runner goes, the throw is going to be in time. Mario got his first career caught stealing. we get the highlights segment coming up a little bit later on in the show. This is... Brewers Extra Innings, we are with you until the bottom of the hour here at 11.30. I'm Dominic Catronio. You can always use the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 85616-1620. We're going to dump into, uh, jump into those texts right now. We also got Craig Council coming up here in just a second in this segment as well. Mike from Colorado, checking in. Thanks for, as always, hopping in here, Mike. And he's thinking that Hero should be getting more time in the lineup heading into September. His recent big home run in tonight's two-hit performance and even a sneaky stolen base, the guy could be a bigger spark with more playing time. Thanks for the, the comment there, Mike, and I agree 100%. I think Keston Hira has done everything the Brewers have asked of him. Uh, he has changed his batting stance. He has become more patient. He's drawing more walks. He's being a little bit more selective as far as uh, what he's swinging at. He's going up there with more of a plan, not just always swinging at elevated fastballs. He is still susceptible to the breaking ball, but... That pitch is meant to get a swing and miss on it. But I, I think Keston should be getting more at-bats in games like tonight. You know about the reverse splits. You know about how much he has struggled against lefties. And he got the start against the lefty Julio Urias uh, in the opener of this series on Monday. And he struggled. And here tonight he's facing a great pitcher in Tony Gonsolin. And he gets a base hit off of him. And then he also adds another base hit uh, in the ninth inning off of Craig Kimbrell. I, I, the dude sees righties well. And I believe... If you talked about Andrew McCutcheon, the way you talked about of how well he hits lefties and what he's done, and I know he's been a good piece for the Brewers, and especially you know since mid-June or so, he's been a really good player and arguably your most consistent hit bat, not necessarily relying on walks per se. Look, Keston's been doing a good job against the righties, and he deserves some looks against righties. The problem is where you're going to play him, because you know you can't play him against lefties uh, given... Naturally, he fits in at second base for Colton Wong, or he fits in at first base for Rowdy Telez. But the way I look at it, he's just kind of a man without a home right now and has to be a little more patient. It, it stinks to say that, given I just said he's done everything the Brewers have asked of him. He's changed his stance. He had a great spring training. He's gone down multiple times to Nashville. It, it, it's part of the hard part about baseball here when the roster gets crowded and everybody is finally healthy right now, too, position player-wise, aside from Jace Peterson. But the starters are healthy. So Keston's playing time is taken away from him, and I, I think he will be getting more at-bats down the stretch, especially turning in games like he did tonight, 
helping the team win. You can tangibly say he tried to help the team win uh, in tonight's game. That's a good comment there, Mike. Uh, another comment came in on the text line. We're letting too many opposing bottom-of-the-order hitters hurt us in the ninth, in batting ninth. They're hitting under 200 catcher hits a homer. That's Austin Barnes. And he had a single. That's too many all year. That's a great point and something I've talked about a lot this season over on my other podcast is the fact that the National League has had a jaw-dropping culture shift. And it sounds so simple to say, oh, Universal DH will add offense. It certainly has just by adding a designated hitter, adding a natural hitter. But the side effect of that, that I think a lot of folks, you know, if you're a National League lifer, uh, granted, Brewers have seen both ends of the spectrum of being an American League team originally, now in the National League, that you know that the side effect of having the Universal DH and not having the pitcher batting ninth is now not just is there a DH, there's an actual hitter batting ninth now, not just a pitcher. So you look at the numbers last year, league-wide, the National League, the ninth hitter in 2021 when you did not have the Universal DH, the nine hitter on average for the National League hit 166. Whereas this year, this isn't an impressive number, but it's 237. The actual number... You know, that that difference of 70 points, that matters. And that's what you see rearing its head against the Brewers. How many times have you seen the nine-hole hitter walked by the Brewers this year? They're among the highest in walks of the nine-hitter this year. It's lengthening the lineup, not by the fact of it being a dangerous hitter, but just a guy that, oh, wait, that's, that's not the pitcher coming up. There's been a little bit of a culture shock for everybody in the National League to figure out how to deal with nine-hitters. So I, I'm glad we got to that comment to talk about that. Uh, but also... Pitching tonight was the story. A 2-1 to loss for the Brew Crew. Uh, Eric Lauer pitched great. He gets a tough luck loss. Tony Gonsolin pitched better. Craig Council talked about his repertoire. He has. I talked about it here at the start of the show, how nasty his splitter was today. And, well, the manager agrees with what he saw from Tony Gonsolin. Take a listen from the skipper. Yeah, I mean, his, his split finger was, was a really good pitch. Um, just threw a lot of strikes. Um, a lot of good strikes, kind of like no free pitches for our hitters. Um, and, you know, we ne- did very rarely were, did we get into good counts. And um, and then he, he made pitches, so consequently not a lot of base runners. What did you think of Lauer, though, for the most part, matched him aside from those homers? Yeah, I thought Eric was, was great. I mean, you know, he probably the first... 15 pitches you know he struggled a little bit in the strike zone and then after that he was was excellent how big was it for him to go seven tonight to, after yeah i mean I, you know, after an extra inning game um and, and the first two nights absolutely um put put you back in order for the rest of the week for sure um and I mean, it was just a quality start against a good lineup. So, I mean, seven innings and two runs against against a good team um, gets you deep into the game and gives you a chance to win. Craig, you got you know, sort of Strzelecki and Suter pitching down, but but sort of gave you the zeros to, to keep you in it. Those are important innings too. Yeah, you know, they gave us a chance, and then I thought, but you know, when we got. Gonson out of the game. We had good at bats against their relievers. Um, we put together a good eighth inning and a line out, you know, mis- misplaced, frankly. Um, and then guys, you know, Keston and Brass had really good at bats against Kimbrell to give us a chance uh, to give Louie a chance. So that's what you want to do against uh, in innings like that. Give yourself a chance, and, and we did that. Just just didn't didn't find a hole, and then to get the hit. So. I, I like what Council had to say there about 
just trying to find a hole, didn't get the hit. I know that sounds frustrating because we've heard it so many times the last couple of weeks, but it's true that as soon as Gonsolin came out of the game, it felt like one of those nights that, okay, anybody but Tony Gonsolin, please, we just need to see somebody else. And with Craig Kimbrell's struggles, you knew that was lurking in the back of the bullpen that, you know, we could probably get some quality at-bats against Craig Kimbrell coming up. What can we do get back on track against the lefty and Caleb Ferguson? And what I'm most excited about that eighth inning was, look, Brasso strikes out in pinch-hit fashion, then Uriah strikes out. So there is no reason for the Brewers to get themselves off the deck in the way they did in that eighth inning. With two outs and nobody on, down to nothing, with really no juice in the ballpark, as I say it, you get a clutch walk by Tyrone Taylor on four pitches. Didn't try to expand the zone after seeing the first two guys strike out. So he draws a walk. And then Mario Feliciano, in just his second ever start, who, by the way, congratulations, got his first big league hit tonight. He draws a six-pitch walk. Really good work from him. Didn't try to get over-eager on a pitch that was very, very close, just below the zone. So that puts runners on first and second. Still with two outs and Christian Yelich coming up, which the Brewers... You know, obviously left on left, you're not exactly thrilled about that. But at the same time, you're thinking, well, maybe that home run yesterday finally took the monkey off his back. And boom, not only does he hit the ball hard, he hits the ball the opposite field. We haven't seen Yelich been doing that even in the slump. Even the outs haven't been going to the opposite field. So to see him hit a ball hard and hit it to the left field was a silver lining for me. And to see that Craig Council talked about the line out there by Willie Adamas. He put a good swing on a pitch, but... Trey Turner was right there, just needed a little more air underneath it, and this game would have been tied and could have been a very different story. And then the at-bats in the ninth against Craig Kimbrell, what an at-bat by Brasso, seven pitches long. He was behind two and two. He worked it full count, and then he gets a, he gets aboard first and second after Hira's single, and then ultimately Urias ends up grounding out to end the game. But it was a fun one, in my opinion. You're not going to win these games. This is one of those that it was a coin flip, in my opinion. You had the winning run aboard. Eric Lauer pitched great. I think the pitch he really wants back is Austin Barnes. Uh, Max Muncy, I mean, that's a big league hitter. Eight pitches, tip your cap, man. It happens. These are big league hitters on the other side, too. And uh, and also, Tony Gonson is probably going to finish top three in Cy Young voting. If, if I had a vote, my ballot would go Sandy Alcantara, one, Corbin Burns, two, and probably Tony Gonsolin, three. So put some respect on his name, too. He pitched very well, like he was expected to do, against the Brew Crew. Obviously, the Brewers didn't get a run across against him, but you live and you move on, and you got Corbin Burns going tomorrow, trying to salvage a split. I mean, you have a, you still have a chance for a split tomorrow with Corbin Burns pitching against Andrew Heaney. I think everybody would take that right now. Corbin Burns goes tomorrow. We're going to talk about the highlights here coming up in a second. If you want to get a few more texts in here, we're going until 11:30 tonight. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. A couple more texts to get to as well after the highlights. Brewers fall by a final of 2-1. to one. Highlights coming up next here on 620 WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Go! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. It was a great pitching matchup on paper. Eric Lauer and Tony Gonsolin going tonight. And Eric Lauer dubbed the Dodger killer. He was 6-0 in his career coming into tonight against the Dodgers and actually ran in some trouble in the first inning. He walked the first two batters of the game. The first 11 pitches he threw, eight of them were balls, but he managed to hunker down from there. A Freddie Freeman blooper, 
a strikeout of Justin Turner, and still, with runners on the corners and two outs, once again, Lauer was able to escape against the Dodgers. Lauer deals again. Here he comes, runner goes, swing and a miss, struck him out, and the inning is over. Back to back for Eric Lauer. Back to back K's, as Bob Euchre noted there, he would actually finish this night with a total of six strikeouts, excuse me, eight strikeouts for uh, Eric Lauer tonight. So he gets through a scoreless first inning, but Tony Gonsolin did not allow a base runner until the bottom of the fourth inning. He was rolling, he faced the minimum the first time through, a walk by Adamas, and eventually a base hit by Hira took any illusions of grandeur out of your minds for Tony Gonsolin tonight. But let's fast forward now to the fourth inning. Eric Lauer has settled in. He's punched out a few guys. He hasn't allowed a base runner. Then Freddie Freeman, he does what he does, gets a base hit, and maybe a candidate for the double play of the year. Style of their schedule as Turner hits one towards the middle. Back hit by Wong. Flip to Adamas. There's one jump throw to first. Two double play. Put a star on that one. You'll see that time and time again for the rest of the season. Oh, three stars on that one from Colton Wong moving to his right. The backhand, underhand shovel flip under his left arm. Adamas coming in. The jump throw. He literally had to do the splits in the air, jumping over Freddie Freeman, sliding into second. And then he threw it on a perfect hop to Telez, who makes the scoop for the third star. Incredible double play. For me, it's a nominee. Don't forget about that Hobie Milner double play back in San Diego earlier in the season. But it's still nothing, nothing at this point. Both pitchers are waiting for the other to blink. We go to the fifth inning. A chance now for the Dodgers. Hanser Alberto manages a single up the middle. They got Trace Thompson, who's been really good this season. A young catcher behind the plate with two strikes. Maybe they were trying to get a little too greedy against Mario Feliciano. Lauer kicks, deals, runner goes. The throw is going to be in time. It was a caught stealing and a strikeout. Strike him out, throw him out to end the fifth inning keeping things scoreless. But finally, it would be Eric Lauer who blinks first to lead off the sixth inning in ambush from Austin Barnes. Patio Doris swinging the drive to left center. Big problems this time and gone. Austin Barnes with his fifth home run of the year and the Dodgers have taken a 1-0 lead. So Barnes, a nine-hole hitter, first pitch homer. Of the six home runs that the Dodgers have now hit, in this series to that point, three of them had been on ambush fastballs. We go ahead one more inning as well. They weren't done with the long ball. This time it wasn't an ambush, but rather a professional hitter who's been a very, very slumpy, streaky hitter in 2022. On the eighth pitch, he made Lauer pay. Swing and a fly ball to right. That is way back there and gone for Max Muncy. Hanging breaking ball, and Muncy hits it out. So two solo homers against Eric Lauer. It has been his bugaboo all season long. The majority of his 24 homers allowed, though, have been solo shots. That's the only silver lining when it comes to allowing that many home runs. So now it's 2-0. Brewers are trailing. There has been almost no offense at this point, just two hits in the game against Tony Gonsolin. But he's finally removed after seven innings. They go to Caleb Ferguson for the bottom of the eighth inning. He strikes out the first two batters he faces in Mike Brasso and Luis Arias, but back-to-back walks of two outs to the bottom of the order in Taylor and Feliciano. It brought up Christian Yelich in a big left-on-left matchup, trying to break through with a hit with a runner in scoring position, and Yelly arrives again. Now the pitch. Base hit to left. 
around third, Tyrone Tanner, the throw's coming on, and they are not going to get him. One of the most aggressive sends all season long from Jason Lane. The gamble paid off, and the Brewers get on the board. They obviously did not hit a home run today, with that being their only RBI, but you know what? That was worthy of a ring-the-bell type play, and the Brewers ring the bell with that RBI, if you will, from Christian Yelich. Remember, you don't have to wait till Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate now at samilwaukee.org. So the Brewers showed some life. Adamas ends up lining out to end that eighth inning. But now we go to the ninth. Craig Kimbrell with a mind-blowing stat coming into this game. He was 0-4 for 4 in save opportunities with just a one-run lead, and he hasn't had a 1-2-3 inning in 12 consecutive appearances. Seems like a perfect storm brewing, right, for the Brew Crew. Well, the first two batters were retired in Telez and Renfro, but Kira manages a base hit, his second hit of the game. Barrasso works a great seven-pitch walk. So now the Brewers have an opportunity to tie it or win it Two outs, first and second, Luis Urias trying to be the hero again. And coming back, bouncer hit to third, this is going to do it. Muncy has it, steps on third base, and this one is over. That is it. The ground out ends it. The Brewers fall by a final of 2-1. to one. So, on the overall season now, the Brewers fall to 62-54. and 54. The Dodgers improve to 81-35. and 35. We'll wrap up Brewers Extra Innings after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 Brewers fall on this one by a final of 2-1. to one. We're getting to wrap things up here on Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dominic Catronio. Thanks for hanging with us here tonight after a... Really a fun game despite the loss. I think I thought it was just some high quality baseball tonight. We have seen the Brewers trying to rise to the occasion and we've seen amazing defense. We've seen some really good pitching these last few days. You know what? Sometimes it doesn't go your way, but you have maybe your best advantage in the series going tomorrow with Corbin Burns getting the ball going up against Andrew Heaney. Corbin Burns, he's been really, really good as of late. Corbin Burns is Obviously going to give the Brewers the best chance to win. He is 8-5 and five this year, a 2.39 ERA. Heaney has barely really pitched this season. A 1-0 record, a 1.16 ERA, but that's misleading. He's only thrown 31 innings this year. He has only made seven starts, some of those in limited innings. He's a former Angel. Last season, he split time between the Yankees and the Angels, and now he's over here with Los Angeles. So they get the ball tomorrow at 1-10. Coverage on the pregame begins at 12 30. Now the Brewers, they need a chance to maybe get a split against the best team in baseball, which you would absolutely take before heading down to Wrigley for three-day games coming up this weekend against those Cubs. But one last question here on the text line asks, what's the biggest thing you want to see from this team in the next, let's say, two weeks? And it's not, I mean, the obvious answer would be, oh, it's got to be the offense. No, my answer is actually, what are the bullpen rolls going to shake out to be? How is that going to work? Because the Brewers, yes, the offense can still be cold, but they have allowed the most home runs by the bullpen in the second half this season. So the Brewers' bullpen needs to shake things out and figure out to keep these games tight. I know they're sick of playing tight games, and you could point to the offense and say, oh, just score more runs, and they don't have to play so many tight games. But if you're going to be allowing home runs, 
the other team's going to feel like they're never out of it, and then you blink and it's a close game yet again. So I look at how is the bullpen going to shake out with, number one, the addition of Trevor Rosenthal, because remember, he actually made his first rehab appearance tonight. He was flashing 97 and 98 from the Nashville Sounds tonight, so he is on his way back. You also have Jake Cousins on his way back, and Adrian Hauser, who is obviously going to be in the starting rotation, but it may shake things up for the Brewers' bullpen. Do they keep Ashby in the starting rotation? Do they put Hauser in the bullpen? These are three arms that might change up some roles here coming up down the stretch, and they need to settle the waters out there right now because, quite frankly, yes, Matt Bush has pitched well. He gives up the home run yesterday. Taylor Rogers bounced back, but he had the tough outing against the Cardinals on Sunday. Devin, aside from the walk-off homer by the uh, by Reynolds and the Pirates and the unearned runs by the Reds, he's been just as nails as he's been all year. So now you're in this conundrum of, well, how do we get it to Devin Williams? That's the big thing that I look for these next two weeks. Can the bullpen, the bridge guys, and also if you get starts like tonight with Eric Lauer going seven innings, that makes the job a whole lot easier. But can the Brad Boxbergers, can the Matt Bushes, can the Hobie Milliners, keep things going, can they continue to walk this tightrope? Because it's getting old, obviously, but this is something that I think has always been the strength of the Brewers. Run prevention. They are built on defense and pitching, knowing that they can defeat you with just their arms. If I told you that you're only going to allow four runs, three of them earned on Monday in the opener against the Dodgers, yesterday you played a terrific game in extra innings, only allowing four runs in 11 innings against the Dodgers, only three of those earned as well, and then tonight only allowing two earned runs against the Dodgers. So in total, eight earned runs in three games against the Dodgers? You take that. So then you go back, just score more runs, and that could be also the number one point as well. The Brewers have time to figure this out. I am refusing to hit the panic button in August because we could talk about this hard stretch all we want. We could talk about, oh, the Mets and the Yankees. Well, the Yankees lost again tonight, by the way. They are slumping hard right now. It happens to good teams. Their pitching is starting to look a little more human. And the Mets are going to be very tough. Don't get me wrong. It's September. But you have played every game close with the Cardinals. The Cubs will give you a, a fun series, but you should be better than them. You should be better than the Reds. There are opportunities for the Brewers to go out and make sure they stay in this race. They're two games back of both the wild of the wild card spot and three games back of the Central. But you still have four more games head to head with the Cardinals. Two of them here in Milwaukee. Two of them in St. Louis. There is no reason to panic on August seventeenth, especially because what we just saw last season from the Cardinals. It ain't over until it's over. This postseason run and postseason berth, in my opinion, is going to come down to the final week of the season. This is far from over. Buckle up. I know the NBA schedule just came out. I know Packers preseason seeding up. I know you're seeing reports about Badger football practices. This is far from over. There is going to be some big games coming in down the stretch, and this team, you can truly say, hasn't been able to click back into that best baseball like we saw immediately out of the All-Star break. You know it's in them, like we saw against the Rockies and like we saw against the Red Sox. You know it's in there. And you want to say, oh, well, since the Josh Hader trade, they haven't been the same. Well, he's not a hitter. He's a pitcher. It's in there for the hitting. I truly believe that. So that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Brewers Extra Innings. First of all, I just want to take a quick moment 
thank you to everybody who's reached out these last couple of days and welcomed me in with absolute wide open arms. I feel your warmth. I feel your energy. Thank you so much for letting me hang out on your radio dials, on your phones, wherever you may be listening from. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm an optimist. I'm an eternal optimist. You may get sick of it by the end of the season. Just stay with me. And my motto is keep on swinging. That's how I tag every show. So keep on swinging. Our thanks to Tommy Wirtz as well. Back manning the controls. Right back tomorrow, 12, 110, first pitch on 620 WTMJ.